Hi everyone, welcome along to uh, Fendering Cast 108, the uh, latest in the series, live from the uh, team bus. <clears throat> we always used to joke about having a team car, didn't we? Um, we always used to talk about being live from within the Fendrian team car, and that uh, team car, I can uh, reveal, seeing as I don't have it anymore, uh, was a blue Vauxhall Mocha. I don't know whether that is team car-ish or not. Not necessarily convinced that it is. Um, we've now, as you can hear from that outlandish claim, upgraded to a team bus. The uh, team bus we have uh, is, uh, is a seven-seater people carrier, which tells you more about the state of life that I'm at with uh, kids and uh, stuff like that. But uh, also, it's quite a practical vehicle, and it's, it's really bloody useful when you go to a bike race, because... Uh, um, it's got blinds and stuff in the back, so I can now, um, you know, store my bike without having to uh, um, take wheels out and seats and handlebars and all that kind of stuff. And um, I can also um, uh, now get myself in a position where I've got some space in the back as well to store stuff and, you know, even change out of horrible skin suits and things. So um, having an upgrade from a team car to a team bus is uh, is working nicely for uh, for me. Um, so, yeah, keep an eye out for it out on the road, uh, out on the roads of Lincolnshire somewhere. Um, welcome along, everyone, to, uh, to 108. We... Uh, uh, I've only had a few days of the, of the Vuelta, so there's not a massive amount of, uh, of, of racing to dive and deep deep dive into. Um, there's been enough, of course, entertainment-wise, uh, to talk about. Um, the first is the fact that no one actually wants to seem to uh, win the race in terms of favourites, um, falling by the wayside or, or not looking interested. You know, the first off... That uh, was probably Rowan Dennis. He won the prologue or the first stage time trial, sorry, not a prologue, on Saturday evening um, and was very quick to to distance himself from any sort of involvement or attempt to try and go to, to even hold the red jersey for a few days. Um, he's on a plan for the World Time Trial Championships from, from what his interview said and, and that plan he won't deviate from. So he's not going to go into the red zone to, de to defend a Grand Tour leader's jersey, which seems slightly odd, you know, what, why even be there? But, you know, the theory is that, that this is now, this welter is, is pretty much a, a tune-up training race for the vast majority of the riders in the, uh, in the peloton, which is, I don't know, I don't know how I feel about, feel about that. I certainly, you know, didn't, you know, it's up to Rowan Dennis. He can ride as fast or as slow as he wants in a bike race. It's nothing to do with me, per se. But I just found that, you know, in his interview, he was quick to talk himself down straight away. It's almost like, you know, they were desperate to, to lose the jersey. Um, now, whether that was part of a long-term strategy where BMC didn't want to do any work early in the race to protect a leader's jersey because their plan was to ensure that their riders were in as better position as possible to guard Richie Port uh, as the race uh, neared its end um, kind of got blown out of the water fairly quickly because in the group of drop riders on that second stage that uh, Rowan Dennis dropped back into um, Richie Port was in there as well and he seems to um, 
have announced his, uh, his his departure to Trek from uh, from BMC, um, but in a, in a way, it almost feels like he's he's kind of thrown. It feels like he's kind of thrown his lot in as well at the same time. Um, I'm sure he was ill before the race. I've no doubt about that. But you know when your contract's up and you've had so much bad fortune happen to you in a calendar year or a racing season uh, then how much was he willing to, to, to put it on the line at, at the Vuelta and he went into it he rode a bad time trial you know he was he, he was sick with, with a stomach complaint but you know was was that part of the reason why uh, he, he folded so dramatically on stage two by many many minutes or and and it's not wouldn't be a criticism but um or or would his mind have given out as much if not more so than his than his body on that particular uh, on that particular day um when the riders seem to have a look at the running or have a an idea about the running and the adjusted finish there, there seemed to be a fair few who thought, yeah, my day's done. And so, you know, fair enough. If, if he goes back and roars around Austria to uh, to win the World uh, Road Race Championship, um, there'll be egg on my face. But um, I, I do have a bit of a fear in the back of my mind as to, to where Richie Port's at and whether, you know, this latest setback at the Tour and whether the whole... Um, it was interesting on the Brad Wiggins show I heard him say about Port becoming a dad and maybe that's a factor um, you know whether there are things in his mind that, that make him think all of these many crashes aren't necessarily in the Grand Tours aren't necessarily worth it anymore so I wonder whether you know we've heard people say regularly in the media that Port's a one week stage racer and no more I, I wonder whether you know, because that uh, Richie Port riding well for Trek and winning one week long stage races would be better than you know Richie Port not riding for Trek and that team not winning any week long stage races. Um, you know, in terms of GC, Mollema's gone. Um, Contador went last year, so you know, as a, as a as a means of, of winning stuff, I think he's uh, he's a good he's a good bet for stuff like Paris Nice or the Algarve or. Terreno or whatever you know he's but I still stand by I think what we said on this podcast maybe a year two years ago that that I don't in any way ever see Richie Port winning a three-week Grand Tour and so far that's looked like probably one of the better bits of prediction that I've done on this show um, so I'm going to highlight that one rather than some of the other brilliant ones that I've made that, that, like Thomas de Ghent winning the Tour of Flanders um, that haven't happened so Moving on from that kind of funny sort of first stage, we saw Kwiatowski and Valverde as the two uh, the two strong riders in that group. Sky, of course, only know one way to ride a Grand Tour, so they were all over the front. Even though you know David Dela Cruz is is unproven um, at the proper pointy end of a three week stage race, he showed flashes at Quick Step of of, a, of you know a potential. Vuelta podium finisher maybe but it'll be interesting to see how that manifests itself in the three week leadership he's lucky he's got a wild card in Kwiatowski alongside him who can uh, deflect a lot of that and certainly will be a factor um, in the early part of, of the race 
and for me I think the same kind of tactic maybe is in play here between um, Sky and Movistar because I don't see Valverde as the three-week option for Movistar. I certainly think he's a good option and he's a good option at the start of the bike race, but I think Quintana is going to have to do something quite spectacularly dumb not to win this welter, to be honest. Um, and, you know, that that Valverde being all around the front of the race and sneaking bits and pieces of time here and marking Kwiatowski... Uh, and him marking him, I think, is kind of like the preamble to the, you know, to the to the big race or to the big GC race. And and I, I like I say, I think Quintana's just got to get round, really. Um, uh, we did actually have a sprinter stage. We got to stage three, and we had a sprinter stage. Um, most Grand Tours kind of lead with those, but you know, the Vuelta we'd had a an already adjusted, tricky sort of semi-summit finish beforehand. Um, and we've got one like today ongoing. Uh, so what happened in that stage was the usual breakaway. Um, bit of chaos in terms of the finish. Quick step looked well. They worked quite hard to bring it back. They didn't necessarily um, do it. They didn't certainly didn't do it with any level of uh, of conviction. Um, and in the end, it was kind of like a messy sprint with a whole uh, abundance of uh, abundancy of, of of riders kind of launching themselves without any disciplined organised lead out and uh, Danny Van Poppel of uh, Jumbo was the first to go but he'd only gone as a result of the fact that Steven Krausweik had led him out till probably about 800 metres to go Krausweik for the as a GC rider or, was, or there to ride GC and protect George Bennett who, who was also in their you know in their A squad he was uh, he was leading the sprint out and uh, with his record of falling off into snowbanks and stuff that's probably quite dodgy but Van Poppel let it out early Sagan didn't really have the legs Bahani uh, of course had a reason why it wasn't him apparently his bike was stuck in the little ring um and Viviani won with quite quite something to spare in the end. Um, it was a good it was a good finish and nice to see a lot of riders kind of freelancing and you know the aerial overhead shot was, was reminiscent of when Dan McClay won, I think it was Pluet years a few years ago, where it showed just you know how he'd picked his way through and, and it was like that. It was chaos, there was no order, there was no um, you know, defined lead out, and and hopefully that's the sign of of things to come in the, this world. So that there aren't lots of sprinters with lots of trains. So the the few flattish finishes that we have will be uh, will not be formulaic, and and there will be uh, you know an element of, of freestyle and chaos to them. So fingers crossed that's the case. So that brings us up to date with the uh, with the La Vuelta up to uh, today's stage, which is still ongoing. So uh, I'm uh, not going to do live commentary. I don't think anyone would want that. Um, so what's happening elsewhere? Of course, we've got the Tour of Britain starting uh, this week, at the end of this week, and that's an, an event that's that's attracted probably a better GC field than the uh, Vuelta, really. If you've got, I think, Roglic is down to start, Froome uh, is there, um, Geraint Thomas, of course, is there. So... A lot of people tuning themselves up for the worlds. Uh, this being Britain, will might have some weather 
to contend with, hopefully not. Hopefully it'll be a glorious sunny event that showcases the country. Um, we've got a team time trial as well that will be uh, interesting to see. Um, I think Sky will probably have enough to win that. Um, and some interesting stages, nothing too local to our part of the world, um, apart from probably the Saturday where it's not that difficult to get across to Mansfield or to Nottingham uh, to see that. Um, I think it's the penultimate stage, forgive me if I'm wrong. Um, so that would be interesting to see. Um, and as I say, the Tour of Britain, it's kind of increased in relevance every single year, really, in recent times. Um, it's had some good winners since it came back um, on the scene after its kind of demise as the Prue Tour and before that the Kellogg's Pro Tour. So um, I'm looking forward to that as much as actually looking forward to watching the, the, the Vuelta, to be honest. I'm really keen to see how, uh, how that's raced. Um, aside from that, uh, some and the sort of transfer news and rumours and things, of course, Port confirming via, uh, as they do nowadays, no press releases anymore. It's just a man sitting awkwardly in a T-shirt in front of a camera talking about moving to Trek. Um, well, he might have been sat in the toilet if he's that badly, uh, bad stomach problems, of course. Um, aside from, from the transfers, there's the news that the, and I think we talked about this on a couple of shows back, that um, Aqua Blue were looking to try and merge with uh, Veranda's Willems, um, which would have given them access to Wout van Aert for a year, apparently, before he joins Lotto, Jumbo, all that sort of complexity. The Veranda's Willems team uh, owners, Sniper Cycling, uh, vehemently denied that, and we saw some like statements to, that, that were fairly vociferous in that denial. Um, so they said no. Um, then the merger then seemed to be off. We've not heard anything for a couple of weeks, and then out of the blue, uh, we hear that Aqua Blue is no more. Um, and this is a story that's that's um, gathering uh, gathering pace and, and ever ever changing, as, as stories are in the world of cycling generally. But it appears that not only is the team not gonna. Uh, continue after this season it also appears that they're not going to be in the Tour of Britain next week which I remember seeing a press release a while back saying that they'd agreed um, to do retail for the Tour of Britain uh, previously that had been dare to be um, had done some really natty Tour of Britain stuff actually but that has uh, that the Tour of Britain website even as late as like the last couple of days you would click on the shop link on the homepage of the Tour of Britain try it now um, and you were getting directed to the, a landing page on Aqua Blue, Aqua Blue Sport. Um, to be honest, if uh, anyone had said to me a tour or a, you know reasonably high level continental uh, UCI team was going to be uh, collapsing and folding, they wouldn't have been lower than the top three of my list anyway. Um, I remember the launch back a couple of years ago and the owner uh, talking about them being self-sustaining from his uh, his marketplace his, his cycling version of Amazon marketplace and I've not no, I, I haven't yet uh, come across anyone who's shot with them um, anyone who has um, you know really dug into what the Aqua Blue model was and 
I think the fact that this year they had additional sponsorship, they had Aronia Boom, the beer, um, on their kit. I think they were always maybe looking to get started and then, you know, maybe the Verandas Villains merger was a good way for them to, to, to you know, survive and, and prosper. But it seems like the owner is, is no longer either, doesn't have the means, which I don't know, or is no longer willing to uh, to put money into the team or bankroll the team, and um, it looks like they probably won't make the end of the uh, end of the season, which is really sad and very sad for the riders. Such as you know, you've got Connor Dunn who's uh, lit up the the Vuelta in a way last year. Adam Blythe who's won races and has been competitive, um, and of course that you know they won a Grand Tour stage last year with with Stefan Denefil in the Vuelta, but. You know, for something something happened. I think behind the scenes, there's been some politicising somewhere. I'm not sure how they go from having, you know, wildcard entries in classics and grand tours and week-long stage races uh, one year in their first year of existence to, to to nothing, nothing at all this year. Especially when on the road, they they you know they brought a fair amount to those races. So something somewhere, and it could be the, you know, the host, not hostile, that's too strong, um, forthright views on social media of, uh, of their owner, uh, talking about, um, you know, not getting entries to some events, different, you know, various different things. Maybe the, uh, the, the old-fashioned, stuffier areas in the corridors of cycling power have decided to, that okay we need to teach this guy a lesson and in teaching him a lesson um, they've put people out of, out of work and uh, of course the responsibility doesn't solely lie with, with the cycling authorities it's not you know they, they can't pick a team for a wild card in a race just because um, if they don't the team will fold there's a lot more I think to come out about this story I, I I think we'll have the the guy Rick Rick Delaney, I believe he's called. I'm sure we'll have his memoirs at some point. Um, but it all seems very odd. That there's certainly feels like there's more to it than simply um, that the, the, the organisers of bike races chose not to invite Aqua Blue Sport because there was there was no sporting reason for them not to. Um, so there must have been another reason. Is my take. But I do, you know, all the riders who very late on are, you know, out, you know, almost by default out of contract and now out of a job, um, and all the team helpers and and all of the stuff that goes alongside that. This is, you know, if it was if it was going to be a problem to continue in 2019, this should have all been sorted out way before the the Vuelta. You know, we we seem to be lurching towards an annual Vuelta crisis. We had the Cannondale morphing into EF education first drama last year and this is this is not good it's not right for the sport it, it get, raises the question of how cycling teams are funded again and is the model of, of a sponsorship the right way to go um, and I suppose now we're kind of 10 years after the stock market crash and all of the, the factors that wiped value off companies and and, and maybe the, the, it'll never come back to the way it was where where there were marketing budgets and you look at I, I look at the the lineage of uh, what is Lotto Yumbo now 
and kind of started out in the mid 80s as Quantum. They let, they managed to take on Super Confex as the main sponsor. Quantum stayed on as a secondary sponsor. When Super Confex went, they got in um, uh, Buckler, the non-alcoholic beer. That then kind of morphed into Word Perfect, um, a software company, which then went into Novell for a year as a software company. You know, and through that that time, there was always some form of, of line um, that, that that could be drawn and some way of you know ensuring some level of uh, of continuity um and we don't seem to uh, we don't seem to have that anymore and and it could be that that teams and I, you know, I was listening to some information on the united healthcare team which has had a year and a half to try and find a new title sponsor and and the powers that be at the team have have not managed to uh, have not managed to secure one so that team looks like vanishing as well if nothing's found for them this week but you look at that and and you look at the sponsorship in other sports and what what is cycling not doing to attract you know the sponsors people are sponsors are paying more than they'd spend on a cycling team to have you know a sleeve sponsor in the premier league you know so so why on angry birds as an example um, why aren't Angry Birds sponsoring, you know, a Tour de France team or something like that? And it's just what what is so unattractive about cycling that that means that a sponsor isn't as interested in, you know, in putting their money in, I suppose, to the sport. Um, we shall see. We shall see. Uh, so. That brings us nicely and neatly to the end of the show this week. So thank you very much for listening to one, uh, to Fendering Cast 108. We will, of course, um, be back in, um, uh, if not uh, if not next week, a couple of weeks. We'll see how see if there's enough going on in the Vuelta for, for me to justify, you know, bobbling on for 20 minutes about. Um, but thank you again for, for listening, the shares, um, for the downloads, for all of the stuff that goes with that. Um, we're still enjoying doing it, so we're going to keep making them. Um, and let's hope that you guys, you know, keep, um, you know, keep listening would be my, uh, would be my advice. Um, we've got some other things in the pipeline as well. I know we banged on continually about 2018, having a jersey redesign. Um, we got as far as samples, and and then and, uh, like life happened, and moving house happened, and, and all of the stuff that, that goes with that. So um, this year or this coming year, we are looking at uh, quite a radical um, change to some of the designs we've had, which have you know been kind of proper retro with. Um, hoops and bands or the checkerboard and all of those kind of things so we are looking to uh, to maybe revolutionize what our design um stands for and and the branding so keep an eye out for that um we'll talk about that on the pod or we might even float one or two little uh, uh teasers and ideas and snippets and stuff on the uh, the website page uh, we do need to uh, at some point talk about the web address um, which might have to change as a result of Brexit, but we'll, I'll save that for another week. Uh, in the meantime, though, thank you guys for listening and uh, have a great, great couple of weeks and enjoy the Vuelta. <laughs>